Welcome back to the Flex Podcast, episode 11. Got another banger today. Got Keith back on the podcast. Welcome back. It's been about three weeks, I think, since we last had you on, but it's good to go. Hey, I'm always ready, man. It's always great to come to the Blue Room. So, MLB's up. Opening season was this week. Uh, our team, the Orioles, obviously got postponed on, I think it was Wednesday, and then played on the or last Friday was Friday was our opening day, I think. Our official opening day, yep. Played against That's the right. Red Sox. What was your what was your feeling about the game? How'd you feel about it? Well, there's a lot of excitement in the air about the Orioles. It really is. You know, they're not gonna go far this year, but they're starting to build something and they're trying to get back to their roots, which is building a strong foundation in their minor leagues. That's that's where they were during their glory years, was building a strong minor league system. And I think that's where they're headed because they have a lot of young talent on that team and it's just starting to blossom. You look at a player like Matt Castle, where did this kid come from? Right. He came on at the end of last year, but he already looks like a bona fide star. Right. And he's not in a great lineup yet. But you throw in a Mancini and a Santander and Ruiz, you have good players on this team. They're not going to be a championship team anytime soon, but they're building the, the pieces are in place for a good team. I do remember, I think it was maybe three or four years ago when Mancini came up from the minors. Remember, he made the, I may not remember it, I very, very remember it, but um, he came up, made his debut, and I think he hit a home run in the first game, and then from there on was just getting better. So I think, like you were saying with the minor leagues, they're getting better there, we just take longer to get them up to the roster. And once they're there, they're amazing. And now being sort of a small market town, a small market team, we don't have the money to compete with the Yankees in free agency. We don't have the money to compete with even the Red Sox. Right. That's why we lose Machados. That's right. why we lose guys that are potentially Hall of Famers. But it's been shown throughout recent history that you can build a team that's competitive and can even make the playoffs if you have the right pitching and you have good young talent in your, in your, you know, in your system. So I think what it comes down to is if they can pull together a couple good seasons, win 500, maybe push for a wild card, then some of those players like O'Mancini decides he wants to stay in Baltimore. Right. And he'll sign for a little bit less if he thinks the team is on the cusp of maybe winning a championship. So that's, that's how you build a team without overpaying for free agents because they don't have the revenue to pay the top guys. Well, and that, and that's the thing that's been hurting the Orioles. I mean, they they lost, and I wrote it down. We lost uh, Hunter Alberto. I don't know if you remember. Played last year with us. I do. Yeah. Very good. I liked him as a third baseman. Uh, we lost Felix Hernandez this year. And before I read the other names, how did you feel about him? Were you excited for him, or did you think uh, he might just be an older pitcher just coming in here and not being able to still have what he had? Well, Felix Hernandez has always been a great stopgap pitcher. So uh, anytime you can get a veteran like he is, he's always been pretty successful. Yeah. You know, um, he was never going to wow you, but he's one of the most consistent middle late relievers in all of baseball. So losing Hernandez hurts. Yeah. Uh, we lost Michael Givens, one of the best closers last year, especially in the past three years. He's been the best closer for us. And then I know we didn't have him this year or last year, but Zach Britton, I, I wrote him down because again, very great closing pitcher. We've lost Manny Machado, Adam Jones. Uh, we've lost um, uh, Jonathan Scope, went to Detroit. That was a very good second baseman we lost. We've lost, um, and there's other, one other guy, second baseman, played for the Marlins, came to us. What was his name? Uh, it kind of escapes VR. me right Jonathan now. Jonathan VR. Oh, yeah. 
Think about that talent you just mentioned over exactly. the course of three or four years. If we could have just saved all of that. Jonathan Scope, man, I forgot. What yeah. a player. Yes. I mean, you don't just replace him overnight. No, you don't. I tell you. Yeah, Jonathan Scope. Where I mean, did he go? You know, I was watching, uh, not Hernandez, but uh, who do, who was the other pitcher we were talking about? Uh, Michael Givens? Givens, yes. just yesterday, I believe. Uh, and he still looks great. Yeah. He's out there dominating. Zach Britton's one of the all-time great relievers in Orioles history. Yeah. I mean, he's a record setter. Oh, Darren O'Day, oh, Darren O'Day too. Darren O'Day. We lost him. So. Hey, but we still have Chris Davis. Yeah. But, hey, that's, that, that used on, to be now. my Let's favorite. Come on, now. Let's not act like we're losing all of you. I know. I know. Well, he was great for a few years. Yeah. And then the bottom dropped out, and boy, did it. Yeah. And now we're saddled with the salary. I guess that's why he's still there. Yeah. Uh, and my thing is, I was reading up on, you know, 2012 was the best Orioles year we've had since then. You know, that that was that was the team. Remember Nelson Cruz? We had Nelson Cruz dominated. We had um oh, I can't remember his name. Oh, Mark Trumbo. Mark Trumbo. Used to bang home runs. But the main thing that I used that I was saying was Chris Davis was always good, but there was always someone fighting for his position. You know, you got Trey Mancini was fighting for it. Steve Pierce was always fighting for it. I think not only is him not hitting good, but I feel like they're trying to push him out. They've already been trying to get him out of Baltimore instead of just saying, look, we're going to let you go. You know what I mean? Because they've already been trying to put talent into his position. You know, he had those three or four years where he was incredible. He was probably the most fierce slugger just in terms of power in all of baseball. And uh, he was a big part of those teams yeah. that were winning championships and going to wild cards, yeah. uh, American League championships. And he got the big contract. And for whatever reason, you can say, well, that's because of Adderall. He didn't have his drugs anymore, the steroids. I think some of that's overrated. Sometimes you just lose it. Yeah. And a lot of it has to do with your eyesight. Right. You know, he's just not, he's not seeing the ball, and he has it for about four or five years now. I mean, he's probably, I believe he's setting records for strikeouts per percentage. Yeah. You know, and the problem with that is you could live with that to an extent if you could get the 15 or 20 home runs out of him. Right. But you're not even getting that barely now. Right. And, you know, he's still a hell of a first baseman. Still a gold glove caliber first baseman, but there's so many good athletes that can play that position. Yeah. To have to sacrifice one guy, I mean, he's basically an automatic out in your lineup, can be devastating to a team that's just on the cusp of, of competing. Do you remember J.J. Hardy? He was great. Whatever happened to him? Hardy, via free agency. I believe he went to uh, Tampa Bay for a few years. I know he's retired now. He's I just, retired I now. I can't remember what. He's in the Orioles Hall of Fame. Yeah. I just can't remember what had happened to him. Yeah, what a shortstop. Yes. If you were to rate the, the number one team in MLB right now, who would you say is, is the number one MLB team? For me, I'm going to say the Padres. Okay. And I want all my friends in this area to hear this. It's not the Washington Nationals. No, it's not. Nope. Uh, it's too early to tell. Yeah. You know, that baseball is a mad genie. Yeah. You'll have the Orioles, and they'll look like, you know, hey, we're turning the corner. Oh, we do this every year. And then we'll go six zero at after least. the All-Star break, and we know what happened last season. Yeah. You know, um, that's hard to say. You know, the Dodgers are going to be there. The Yankees are going to be there. They have too much talent. And the Nationals, once they get back and all the COVID stuff and, and get over the injuries, their pitching's too good. Yeah. They're going to be in it. Yeah. Uh, so I... You know, give me another month before I start making predictions on that role. I only said the Padres because I look at the talent they have. They have Fernando Tatis Jr., an upcoming tremendous, um, um, yes, unbelievable player. Uh, the OG Manny Machado. They have Will yeah. Myers, and they have uh, I can't remember the the new pitcher they have, but 
pitched amazing baseball. That team, I'm not saying they're going to win the World Series, but they're definitely going to be better than what they were last year, especially you know losing in the playoffs. But Padres are going to be for real. Absolutely. You look at our division, we have uh, Tampa Bay, we have the Blue Jays, Yankees, Orioles, Red Sox. Do you think the Yankees are going to win the division, or do you think the Rays are going to win the division? Or, or, or who do you think is going to win our division? I don't think I would just hand it to the Yankees. I mean, the Rays have good pitching. The Rays are a good, solid baseball team. Yeah. And they always seem to play the Yankees well. They're always a thorn in the Yankees' side. Yeah. So, And they don't fear the Yankees. I think it's going to be a two a two team race. I really do. Yeah. But the Orioles, I think, are going to be a lot better than people expected. We're already seeing that, and they can be a spoiler. You know, if they can play close to five hundred, that's an incredible leap from last season. Right. From second to last. From second to last, and you know, and then you have a lot of hope and optimism going into the future. Right. Then maybe you can get that one free agent. Maybe you can keep a main seed if he becomes a free agent. So. You know, I'm not counting the Orioles out as a spoiler. I think they're going to be right there. Yeah. They're a competitive team. They're hungry. Uh, young. They're young. They do have some talent. You know, we just have to see about some of their pitching. We, a lot of that's unknown. Yeah. But, I, I look at our pitching and I don't see – I mean, I see great – I see some good pitchers, but I'm not – I don't think it'll last long. You we know? don't seem to have that number one. Right. That real dominant We have these one. people that come up and pitch like, okay, who, who's that now? Right. You know? But I'm not saying they're not going to be good because, you know, uh, was it Means? Yeah. Yeah. No, Means is probably our best pitcher. Yeah. And he might be a number three or four on half the teams in the Major League Baseball. But that's not saying there's nothing against him. He pitched right. brilliantly in that opening game. Yeah. I mean, give, let's give him some credit. Yeah. Do you watch the Capitals? I do. Not as much as I used to. Have you been Have you been watching them this year? Some. They are right now 25-9-4, top of their division. They play the Islanders tomorrow. Now, I don't know a lot about hockey. I know Capitals and mainly who they play and stuff. I'm a fly-by-night fan. I follow when, when I know they're going to be in the playoffs or they get close to the playoffs. That's usually yeah. when I jump on the bandwagon. But have you have you seen? Uh, when, when, when I have seen. I have on? seen at least six games this year. Did you see Zdeno Chara that yes. we picked up? Yes. What do you think about him? Uh, apparently, he's going to be the final key in the cog. You think? That's what they say. I like him. I, I and he's it was six seven I think yeah or I mean seven foot that's another thing how many giant hockey players? right they're getting bigger yeah but how many six seven hockey players do you see you don't how intimidating is that I know half of the of those guys come up to his waistline so. and and uh, Vitek Vanacek the goalie for us because we lost what did, uh, I forgot his name Ol- well not Oli uh, we still have Oli um, Luke Lucas. The older guy that we got from free agency, the goalie, anyway, he was out because of a stomach issue. So now we have Vitek Vanacek as the young from, I think he played in Hershey and is now playing it. Unbelievable. He won Rookie of the Month goalie, I think it was a couple months ago. Unbelievable goalie. I mean, the Caps are poised for another great season. Well, they're already having a great season. Yeah. Um, You know, a lot of people were downing them early in the season. Oh, yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. You know, they're, they're still the same team. Right. You know, and uh, I don't know. Every time I've watched them, they play great. They still play great defense. Yeah. Uh, they get a lot of, of scoring, you know, they are, or chances on goal, I should say. So, uh, you know, they're going to be right there, I think. So an hour before you got here, I was watching NFL Network, and Sam Darnold got traded to the Panthers. I didn't know that. Okay. So the Jets now. Ooh, sigh of relief from this guy here because they were Washington rumors. Yeah. 
All right. So now the Jets are left with who? I guess they're going to draft someone. Yeah, because I don't think, truthfully, I don't think they have any quarterbacks on the roster right now. I'm trying to think here. No. They lost Flacco. He went to the Eagles. That was, a, that was, I think, two weeks ago. He signed with the Eagles. Okay. Sam Darnold's gone. I think that's it. Yeah, well, I think they only had. Well, I mean, obviously, practice squad, they probably have one or two. You got to love the Jets. They they do it right, don't they? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and I was looking at their their uh, draft, their mock drafts, and this is CBS NFL. This is just one. I was looking at them, and they said Zach Wilson, the BYU quarterback. Yeah. Unbelievable talent. That's who they're going to pick. But they're picking, and I look in, and see who they're picking over. They're picking over Mac, Mac Jones. That's my guy, by the way. Yeah. They're also picking over Justin Fields, which, you know, he's 50-50. And there was the Notre Dame quarterback. Um, one second. I wrote his name down, too. Ian Book. Okay. Very great talent. Ian Book, Notre Dame quarterback, very great talent. And it's not even All these, and I'm not saying this is who they're drafting, but if you're the Jets for, obviously they're going to pick a quarterback, they have to, because who else is there? Free agencies, you know, they're all gone. If you were the Jets general manager or coach right now, and you were going to the draft and you get the second pick, we'll count out Trevor Lawrence. We know he's going to be gone. He's going to be off the boards before the second pick, unless the Jags make another decision. If you're the Jets general manager or coach, who are you choosing? Give me the rundown again. Uh, so this is just the top. This is a couple of tops. So Zach Wilson from BYU, Mac Jones, Alabama. Um, there's Justin Fields, Ian Book from Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame. And I think that's the top quarterbacks they have in the draft. Out of those guys, the one I've been impressed with the most. Yeah, that's all they have in is the, Jones. Mac Jones. He doesn't have as big an arm as some of those other guys. Right. But in terms of poise, leadership, accuracy, all the kind of things the Jets have been lacking for about, you know, I don't know, 55 years in a quarterback, he brings. And you can build around him. Uh, you're going to have to build around him because whatever quarterback gets drafted by the Jets better be ready to have painkillers yeah. because they're going to get the stuff and beat out of them at least for two or three years. Yep. Um, but that would be my pick. I've always I've been impressed with Mac Jones from the beginning. You know, there was a time they were talking about him only going, you know, like top fifteen in the first round. Right. You know, I was like, there's no way he's at least a top ten. I think he's a top five. No, he's a top. Yeah, he's a top five now. Yeah. So, to answer your question, I would say Mac Jones. Mac Jones, I should say. And we will. And I was looking at you know the Ravens. We picked up Sammy Watkins. That was a huge. I am so excited. That was a I'm huge pick. So, it made me sick. I know. I am so excited. We got him, Sammy Watkins. Now, okay, so now we have Sammy Watkins, Willie Sneed, Marquise Brown. Which, uh, ooh, no, don't Marquise Brown. I do not. I, not a Brown believe. fan. No, I, the only reason why I don't like him is because every time he doesn't get the ball thrown to him or get any credit for anything that he didn't do or did do. He, he's basically. I'm saying he's a selfish player. I'm not saying he's not. He's not a horrible player, but you know he he can't say, you know they need to throw me the ball more when they've targeted you a lot, and you don't catch it all the time. So I'm not saying you're going to catch it every time, but don't you know? Stop acting like you are a premier receiver. Right. So I was looking at our mock draft, and we're looking at Terrence Marshall, wide receiver um, from LSU. He is the 
I, I wrote it down. He is the the fifth wide receiver underneath Jamar Chase from LSU and then Devontae Smith, which Devontae Smith, I'd love to have Devontae Smith on our team. And then I was also looking at who else we need. We need a safety, and the top safety for, or who we're going to go after, is Trevon Woodward, or Mohin. Trevon Mohin Woodward is his name. Okay. Trevon is probably, is definitely the top safety, and I don't, it, it, to me, I don't know if the Orioles are dumb because they're thinking to pick a safety in the first round instead of a wide receiver. Would you would you do that or would you do now? Nah, we just got Sammy Watkins. We also have two others. We should wait to get the, the wide receiver. But then you're taking that chance of hey, Terrence is going to be gone, uh, uh, um, Jamar's going to be gone, and Devontae's Devontae's definitely going to be gone by the first round. I look at the Ravens as a prime Super Bowl contender. I mean, they are a prime Super Bowl contender. In fact, they're probably going to be a favorite by a lot of people. They think Watkins might be the final piece to that puzzle. So I don't see them going out in the draft and going real high on a receiver this time around. I think that they're going to go for some other needs because they think they, they think their offense is well-rounded now. Right. So I would see them getting a safety Well, we need or whatever to. other needs that they have. But I can't see them going up and getting, unless there's a spectacular talent, a once-in-a-lifetime talent right. that you can't pass up. I would think that they, they already believe that Watkins is that final piece and that they'll get a defensive player. I almost have to hit this phone off. Ladies and gentlemen, the bat phone. The White House is calling. <laughs> no, but, um, you know, it, it sucks because we wouldn't have to be worrying about safety right now because we had Earl Thomas. Earl yeah. Thomas was the best thing to come into Baltimore for a long time. And we lose him. And then we also lose Yannick, Yannick Nagakwe this offseason, which I favored him. He's actually from Maryland, too. And we lost Matthew Judon. So that's two outside edge rushers gone. So, we also are probably going to lose, and a lot of people are saying you're not, and then some are saying um, Orlando Brown Jr., our left tackle, very great. So, His father was a great one. Yes. So, the problem is is we have people leaving. We brought in an offense. We, we did bring in a lineman. I, I can't remember his name, but he's from the New York Giants. And then we picked up Sammy Watkins. So, we picked two. But if, if I was the Ravens, I would definitely go for a defe- uh, defensive player because let's just say you get a defensive tackle, or not even we don't even need a defensive tackle. If you get an edge or a safety like we're saying, that that's the puzzle to me. That's getting the puzzle to the to, to get to the super to the next level. Yeah. yeah. You guys, the Washington football team, I looked at it, and you guys are favorited to get Zavon Collins, linebacker from Tulsa. He's okay. a junior. He's six foot two sixty. And you would get him at the nineteenth pick. Okay. Prospect but his prospect rank is twenty ninth. Do you think that would be a good pick to get a linebacker, or do you think Washington should get someone else? We have maybe the second or third best front four to six in the NFL. Lyman. Lyman. Yeah. You know, if we keep carrying it. Right. And that's a big if. Uh, we're getting Matt Ioannidis back. People really? forgot. He was yeah. hurt all of last year. He's part of that rotation. He's yeah. all pro when he's healthy. Yeah. The linebackers were the soft spot. If you could get past that front four or that front three, whatever they were playing at the time, the linebackers were a little iffy. You know, We had Foster, Mason Foster, at the beginning of the season, and Holcomb was okay. But for the most part, they were a bunch of 
mid-round talent, and they weren't great run stoppers, and they were horrific when it comes to covering tight ends. That's where that team got soft, was in the middle. Yeah. The safeties in the corners with Darby and, and, and those guys out there were actually pretty good. Uh, Landon Collins is kind of a hybrid. He doesn't cover as well as he should, but he's almost like a linebacker, and that's the way they play him as a safety. They play right. him you know, up front as a linebacker. But the middle guys, the, the three linebackers, the three starters were, were below average, were subpar, and that's where we hurt. When we got gashed in the run, it was the linebackers. Yeah. When tight ends were killing us, it was the linebackers. You know, so we have to upgrade there. Uh, I don't think it's as dire as it's been made out to be, but uh, if you can get just one more, one more better player to go along with those guys, you'll be okay. And you got Rob Rivera as your head coach, who's right. one of the best coaches in the league right now. And Jack Del Rio is one of the best defensive coordinators. Yeah, and, and he was a head coach for the Raiders too. Right. So that that was you bring two head coaches in for one team. Who are on the same page. Right. They have the same philosophy. Exactly. They're, and so everything, the momentum is going all in the right direction with the defense. There's no question about it. They played very well last season. The uh, you know, Washington football team? They're young. Yeah. And they made some mistakes. You know, even Chase Young. Yeah. Uh, Montez Sweat, he may have been the best player on that you know, defense last season. Especially deflecting the ball. I mean, no, yeah, everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's not as powerful as Chase. Right. Chase has a combination of it all. But, and Allen had a great season. Deron Payne had a great season. You're getting Ioannidis back. I tell you, that's a formidable defense. You guys have some good running backs, too. Oh, I love them. If Gibson can come back healthy, he's going to get He's powerful. When he he finds the hole, he's gone. He scores touchdowns. He scored 11 before he got hurt. You know, he'll get you 12 or 1,300 yards and 15 touchdowns. I'll take that. Right. And speaking of, like, we were talking about Robert Vera and stuff. In the league right now, on this day, who do you think is the best – NFL head coach to run the spot right now? Right now, he's on fire. This guy is on fire. This might be the obvious answer, okay? Um, it's Andy Reid. And, um, you know, Belichick is the greatest coach of all time, I guess. But we're seeing without Tom Brady that not only is he not winning the way he should, but he's making terrible decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, there, he's running that front office now, and he has been for a long time. You bring back Cam Newton? Right. For what? Now, I'm sure he's not going to be the starter this year, I don't think. He'll be a spot player. Right. And he still has enough talent to help you somehow. But he made a lot of bad decisions, and that talent level on that team got depleted. Andy Reid has been on fire for the last seven, eight years, and he was great with the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. You know, he just couldn't quite get there. Didn't quite have the quarterback to win it all. Uh He's now being recognized as one of the all-time greats, and he deserves that. You know, I'm not going to put him over Belichick all the time. No one would. Right. But right now, I take Andy Reid. Me personally, and you may laugh at this one, I'm picking Sean Payton. Okay. To be the that, best. There's nothing to laugh about to there. Be, to be the best NFL coach right now. Because I looked at it, and I wanted to make sure I was, you know, correct on this one. I looked at how many times the Saints have made the playoffs? Now remember, this is every year that they made the playoffs. Remember, they didn't have Drew Brees as their starting quarterback every year. Like every game, he wasn't in. Right. Saints have made the playoffs six out of the ten seasons. Six out of the last ten seasons. That's pretty so, remarkable. So we missed. They've missed four times. I looked at Sean Payton's overall record. He's one thirty nine and eighty four. Not only did he, you know he. To me, why he's the best core or the best quarterback, the best coach, 
because not only is he getting his team in the playoffs, he's getting them in without saying one one person did it. You know, like you look at Belichick, Tom Brady is the reason why they ran it. Yes, obviously you got to figure out how you're getting the calls, what you're running. Belichick gets that credit. We look at Sean Payton and what he did with Taysom Hill. Yeah, he was a wide receiver, and they put him in as quarterback. The trust that he had, and then you know, leads him into the playoffs. Drew Brees comes back. Right. The only problem with I would say with the Saints and Sean Payton right now is when they get into the playoffs, they get right there, knocking on the doorstep to get into the Super Bowl, they lose it. Now, penalties have killed them in the past. That one miracle, uh, the miracle play from you know the Vikings, that right. killed them. So that's two out of the last six in the playoffs. It hurts them, but again, to me, Payton is probably the best coach in the in the league right now. Well, Sean Payton and Drew Brees have had a great marriage, a great football marriage. Yeah, They have complimented each other tremendously. Sean Payton was sort of an unknown assistant. He had been with under Parcells uh, with the Giants, I believe, and he's certainly with them under the Cowboys. You know, and here comes this young guy, and he gets Drew Brees, who comes over from San Diego, with a restructured shoulder. He had injured his shoulder. He was a solid quarterback in San Diego under Marty Schottenheimer and whoever else was out there. Yeah. It's amazing the run they had together. I would have never seen it coming. Uh, yeah, they put a lot of talent around them. You can go through the years and look at some of the receivers they've had and the running backs. And they um, have now. Great ownership, great fans. It's a great situation. Yeah. But they also had a chemistry that's one of the greats in, in NFL history. It lasted longer than any tandem I remember like that. You know, maybe maybe Tom Landry and, and Roger Stallback, but not to that level. Not to that level in terms of longevity. You had Walsh in Montana. Belichick and Brady, and I said relationship, not success. Right. Their relationship has always been somewhat rocky. You know, he's always kept Tom on edge. Yeah, it's it's a strange. You know, it's just the way Belichick goes about things. Just when you're doing well and you're doing great, that's when you feel like the rug is going to be pulled out from under you. And that t- to me seems like the way he treated Tom Brady for most of his career. Um, if you say that Sean Payton is the best coach in football, I wouldn't have an argument with that. Yeah, you know, he certainly has been. <laughs> And you just said, you know, Tom Brady and Belichick. There's two two relationships I've just seen with you just named. So when you say Tom Brady and Belichick, I see Derek Carr and the Raiders. And then when you say Sean Payton and Drew Brees' chemistry, I see, and, you, and don't know if you'll laugh at this one, I see a John Harbaugh and now Lamar Jackson being like that. I can see that. I only see that, and obviously, you know, the, the contract extension with Lamar hasn't happened. We're not getting rid of them. If we get rid of them, well, you know, that's about the dumbest decision we've ever made since, you know. But not just as a player, but from a marketing point of view. Right. Your franchise. Exactly. But John Harbaugh and the Ravens, the trust John had in them uh, two seasons ago in the in the uh, Seattle game to say, hey, to go, it, uh, Lamar came off. He's like, I want to go for it. And John was iffy, but he was like, you know what? Go ahead. Scored a touchdown. It needed a first down. Went in, scored a touchdown. The chemistry right there is already has already been stacking when Joe Flacco was there. Once he got injured, Lamar came out, did his thing. We lost to the Chargers, but still did his thing. Well, that's called building trust. Yeah. You know, every quarterback wants to go for it. Can yeah. he produce? Right. You know, because that's the coach's butt on the line in big games when you make a big call like that and you don't get it. Right. So when a player produces... You have a much better relationship. Yeah. You do trust them next time. You've seen it before. Yeah. It's not going to work every time. 
But when you have a talent like Jackson, and he goes, Coach, we can get this. I know a play, and I know how to get it. Let's do it. You know, and if you're on same, the same board with him, that's how you win championships. You take chances. Yeah. And when you can, when you have a quarterback that can run, yeah. like a running back, basically. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. The news around, obviously, uh, Drew Brees is retiring. But there's also big news around, I don't know if you've been paying attention, Deshaun Watson and his allegations. Hmm. He's I don't know how he Houston. survives it. I know. He's still in Houston. I, I think he has over 20 allegations on him. Yeah. Or more. I think only the governor of New York has more at this point. Right. <laughs> but he but he's still in Houston. Yeah. Now, I was looking at this and I was talking to some of my friends about it. I and I, I told him I said, Look, I don't know if this is hurting Deshaun Watson or if other teams are just looking at this like let's be like come on. Like I'm not saying they're like brushing it off, but he, he's tr- it hit him at a worse time because he's trying to get out of Houston. He is a top Ten uh, quarterback in the league, if not top five. Mm-hmm. He's looking for a new home, but now teams are all this hits, and now he's all these other teams are like, mm, I don't know, like the Jets right now. Oh my God! If you're a Jets owner or fan, you're looking at hey Deshaun Watson. We just lost all of our quarterbacks, and we have some cap space now. We still have the draft coming up. Deshaun Watson is basically holding his hands like, hey. A premier talent. Yeah. But that would be such a Jets move. Oh, no. It would backfire so bad on him. Yeah. The publicity around him. There would be more women that would come out just yep. when he gets out of training camp. It yep. would all blow up on him. That, and, that, and, that's, and I think that's hurting Deshaun right now. But he did get some help with some other women that were saying, you know, they've right. had a problem. So, again, that, that brings it back to the ownership has got to make a big decision. Like, okay, listen, if we get him. From a fan's point of view, they're going to be like, let's go. But from a reporter or people that aren't fans that are just looking in, they're going to be like, well, why would you get someone that's, you know. This is a strange situation because this is still a story, you know. This is one that blew up, but it hasn't ruined them yet. Right. And as reactionary as the NFL has become, to sensitive political issues in this this sensitive era we live in, and Major League Baseball is the same way, they, all the big sports. A lot of players would have been done. Right. It's a zero tolerance. The man's innocent until proven guilty, but the NFL threw that out the, the window a long time ago. Yeah. If there is a, a some kind of, of accusation swirling over your head, you're usually damaged goods. Somehow Jackson's just kind of hanging in the wind a little bit. You know, uh, Jackson. Or, uh, I'm Watson. sorry, I'm sorry, Watson. Oh, yeah. It's just kind of, uh, yeah. So, sorry about that. No, you're good. Just kind of dangling, right? You know, and it's it's strange because Houston, you would have th- you thought if they were going to trade him and they really want to get rid of him in that contract, would have said, okay, well, you're not going to play for us, and now we have an excuse as to why we don't want you. Um, so I think it's 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 amazing to me that he's held on so far because in this day and age in this era, people don't survive this. No. You know, unless you're the governor of New York, um, unless you're special, you know, hashtag me too. That movement, for whatever you think about it, it's very powerful. Yeah. And the NFL and all these major corporations, um, and that's what the NFL is, they usually drop to their knees right away, you know, rather it's true or not. But Watson has survived. And I cannot imagine any scenario if these allegations continue to pop up. And, of course, they will. Yeah. That's the nature of them, true or not. Yeah. I can't imagine any scenario where a franchise would take a chance on him right now. For many reasons. 
yeah. his contract, but then to take on that kind of baggage, you, you could end up paying a guy and not having him on opening day. He could be having to go to court, right? Or he could just be it's almost like Ezekiel banned Elliott from the league. Yeah, a couple years ago when he had yeah. it in the middle, and the, and right when they needed him. But he's not. He's still on a roster. Right. To me, that's amazing. That's all. Yeah. It's just amazing that he's still there. Well, I'm going to end this right here, and then we'll be back in a couple seconds. <laughs> 